The Ewan Grant Podcast, the Limestone Coast Triple M. G'day, it's Ewan. Did you miss the show this week? If you did, you've missed an awful lot of great stuff, including a Parasurf champion who is going to be in the Limestone Coast this week to tackle the topic of mental health. Chris Blows is his name, and let me tell you, Chris has got a fascinating story. G'day, Chris. G'day, how are you? Yeah, good. Chris, embarrassing question, but how did you become a para-surf champion? Uh, so, yeah, I was um, attacked by a shark, which resulted in a loss of my leg back in 2015. Um, surfed all, you know, two years before that from a young age. Um, then eventually got back into surfing and then ended up representing uh, Australia um, over in the world titles and, yeah, won the Australian title late last year, so... Yeah, Chris, that is absolutely huge—not the shark bit, but the the winning bit. But I mean, you've you've skimmed over an entire journey, which I'm sure you're going to tell a whole lot of people about. But yeah, that's right. Yep. What's it What's it like to to have a shark attack you? I mean, seriously, that that must be horrifying. Oh, mate, yeah, it was a very very traumatic experience. Um, not just for for me, but for all the people involved that day. And that's what I speak about when I come out to these communities. That these things can have a ripple effect on everyone and um, everyone, not just me, has struggled me- mentally and physically for, from, from this event. And I sort of get out there and share my story in, in the hope that um, anyone that's going through a hard time or, um, you know, any, any kind of issue that, that I can inspire them to, um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, if you can come out on the other side, then you can have, you know, lots of personal growth and stuff like that. So, yeah, it'd be great if everyone could come out and have a listen. Um, obviously... I'm aware that there was some recent, a recent shark attack in the area. and um, Yeah, down at be- uh, Beachport. Sub- yeah, touchy subject for people. I'm glad to hear she's okay. Um, yeah, um, hopefully she's going well with the recovery. But, um, yeah, be stoked if everyone can come out and have a, have a chat. And, um, yeah, that'd be great. Chris, obviously your life has changed dramatically since since that event. What's been, I suppose, the, the best part about a tragedy that's taken place in your life because you've, you've done some amazing things since then. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I suppose I'm, I don't, um, I don't say it's the best thing that's ever happened to me, but it certainly, you know, made me grow as a person, you know, stuff that I wouldn't have done before that I've done and that I'm doing now since, since my attack. Um, and, you know, stepping outside of my comfort zone, trying all these new things, you know, getting up and, and speaking to people, you know, in front of three or 400 people, I never would have done that before. So, and it's just made me appreciate, you know, when you go through something like this, it makes you appreciate your family a lot more. I think I have a better relationship with a lot of my family members and stuff like that. So, yeah, there is a bit of good to come out of it. You know, obviously I'm going to be recovering from it both physically and mentally for the rest of my life, but um, I'm, I'm still very grateful to be here. So. Chris, you're a fascinating bloke. You've got an incredible story to tell. For people who'd like to be part of it, you're going to be down at the Port McDonald Community Complex Wednesday, the 25th of October, 6.30pm. Thank you so much for visiting the Limestone Coast, mate, and thanks so much for, for having a conversation about mental health. No, no worries. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, so hopefully I can see a few heads there. Catching up with the team from Saipol, Dan joins me on the line. Dan, g'day. Good morning, Ewan. How are you? Yeah, good. Hey, Dan, stolen property, first of all. There has been some stolen property recovered. What's going on? There has, mate. So police have uh, recovered stolen property during a search of a narrow court address following a house break that occurred back in September. The suspect was arrested and bailed to appear in court at a later date. So police investigations often lead to locating stolen items 
And these items, when identifiable and marked appropriately, make recovery easier and strengthens the criminal justice process. It's just a reminder to be marking our valuable items. Now, other things to talk about are firewood harvesting, the illegal firewood harvesting of red gum. It's something that you guys keep an eye on? Absolutely. So earlier in um, 2023, police commenced a joint operation in collaboration with forestry, PERSA and local councils to target the illegal harvesting, transport and sale of red gum within the Limestone Coast. The joint operation led to 11 criminal proceedings, including four arrests, as well as 14 expiations issued relating to the unsafe carting of wood in trailers. Police wish to thank the community who assisted in the operation and encourage anyone who sees people acting suspiciously to contact SAPOL on 131444. Police will be continuing to focus on this operation as we move into 2024. Mm. Hey, Dan, there was a firearm seizure that took place last week. What can you tell me about that? So last Wednesday on the 18th of October, police searched a Millicent address under the Firearms Act locating and seizing over 10,000 rounds of various ammunitions and a gel blaster, which is considered a Class A firearm. The owner of the items was arrested and charged with several offences against the Firearm Act, including possessing the firearm without a licence. He was refused bail. The, um, so this is a reminder that possession of a gel blaster without the appropriate licence is an offence. And for further information uh, on the Firearms Act community can go to the SAPOL website or call their local station. Dan, one of the other things that took place, we had a, uh, a hit and run that took place in the Limestone Coast last week as well. Absolutely, mate. And I know that we touched on this only a few weeks ago. Um, in the early hours of Thursday, the 19th of October, a Mount Gambier man was struck by a vehicle while riding his bicycle on Jubilee Highway East, receiving serious but non-life-threatening injuries. The driver of the vehicle left the scene without stopping or providing assistance to the injured cyclist. Police are appealing to the public for information or dash cam footage. Information can be provided to police by calling 131444 or via Crime Stoppers. The cyclist received medical treatment and is expected to make a recovery. And I know that we talked about this several weeks ago when we had the um, Bicycle SA tour coming up. So unfortunately, some of the information mustn't have been uh, received very well by some community. Dan, there was some uh, drink drivers over the weekend as well. There was, mate. So later in the evening on the 19th of October, a 44-year-old female from Mount Gambia was detected drink driving with a blood alcohol level of 0.229, more than four times the limit of a driver of her class of licence. She was reported for drink driving, received a 12-month loss of licence and had her vehicle impounded for 28 days. She will be appearing in court at a later date. So once again, we're touching on the fatal five and the contributors to the main road trauma that's occurring within our fatals. And Dan, unfortunately, over the course of the weekend, we found out that there had been a, uh, an incident that took place at the Willunda Recreation and Convention Centre. Absolutely. So Limestone Coast Police are currently conducting inquiries into an incident that occurred at the Willanda Recreation Centre at about 11.05 on the 19th of October. This matter relates to an interaction between a male adult and a child at the centre. Staff were informed immediately and there were no injuries to this child. The male was described as an older Caucasian male wearing a green checkered shirt. No offences have been identified. However, police wish to hear from anyone who may have witnessed the event please contact police on 131444, the Crime Stoppers hotline on 1800 333 or the Crime Stoppers web- website. And mm. callers can remain anonymous. 
Absolutely. Dan, always good to uh, to talk about what police are, uh, are up to in the Limestone Coast. Thanks for joining us this morning, mate. Thank you very much, mate. You have a good day. Dan from Sapol talking all about the stuff that's going on across the region that the police are dealing with at the moment. Now, you know I love a good news story, and there was a great story that broke last week. Last week, Amy and the team in the newsroom were talking about Ella and the Electric Paintbrush. It's a brand new book. It's been released by a young lady in the Limestone Coast, and it's all about her journey with epilepsy. Her mum, Kat, talked to us during the course of last week. And Kat, I want to know all about this book. Tell me all about Ella and the Electric Paintbrush and how it all began. Yeah, so it actually all started back in 2018. I was very fortunate to travel to Bali uh, for the International Bureau of Epilepsy's Oceanian Congress. Um, and over there, I met um, a journalist, Fraser Morton, who was doing a piece on epilepsy around the world. And we just got in contact and kept in contact and sort of just became friends. And then over the years, you know, Ella's lived with epilepsy for 13 years. And a couple of years ago, we did have a really rough year where, um, you know, she's sort of growing up and her own self-awareness of her life and, and appearing different. And we were just talking one night about, oh, I wish there was a book that my friends could read. And from that, um, I was talking to Fraser and he said, yeah, let's do this. So it's been, yeah, sort of in the process for quite a number of years and now has finally yeah, come to reality, which is really, really exciting. Kat, I've got to ask the question, how is Ella at the release of this book, Ella and the Electric Paintbrush? Yeah, she's over the moon. She's so excited and she was really hands-on through all of it. So um, the, we've always explained to people about Ella's epilepsy, particularly when we're talking to children, that it's like a tiny storm inside her brain. And now seeing the whole piece together um, and that it's going to be a hard hard book in her hands is just fantastic. And she's so excited. Now, Kat, Ella is still a student here in the Limestone Coast. How do you feel as a mum? Oh, I am over the moon. I'm so, so proud of her. Um, it's like, you know, until you're living with something, it's really hard to understand the full depth of it all. And, you know, I can only understand it to a degree. I don't live with the seizures. I unfortunately just have to witness them every day that she has. So to have something for her that is so positive and is so impactful is just incredible. And yeah, I'm so proud of her. And she's just She's a very inspiring, resilient young lady, and it's incredible that she's now an author, which at 13 is just fantastic. It's, it's yeah, such a dream come true for her. Ella and the Electric Paintbrush, it is out now. There'll be an official launch in town over the next couple of weeks, and I am super excited. Big shout-out to Ella and to uh, to Kat as well, and uh, just over the moon that something like this can happen here in our own backyard. Now, finally, for today's podcast, I've been watching The Amazing Race, the celebrities racing across Asia, trying to get their hands on $100,000 for a chosen charity. King George, the villain from the jungle, he was evicted last week. Hey, George, you are no stranger to our TV screens. How did you become part of The Amazing Race, the celebrity edition? Well, I got cast um, as the uh, survivor legend that I am and that I'm very proud of. Uh, but I think my TV journey is one um, that's a bit unorthodox because I um, was passionate about two shows when I was a kid. It was Survivor the, and The Amazing Race. I played Survivor for the first time two years ago and it changed my life in many ways. And one of them is putting me um, into the TV and media space, which is what I do for a living now, along with other um, projects in the background. So the the fact that I was able to entertain audiences right around our great country um, brings me a great deal of delight. And the fact that people 
um, love watching me or hate watching me, <laughs> uh, want things in common, they still watch. And I want people to keep watching The Amazing Race Australia because this is one of the original reality TV formats. Um, it's so relatable in terms of seeing family dynamics and then to have that intrigue of traveling around the world. It's one of the best shows on TV. So I was so proud to have the chance to race with my sister Pam um, and it was just a, a real honour that I'm really grateful for. Hey, George, you were painted as a villain in a, in a lot of circumstances. Well, I am Survivor. a villain, but it's, it's something I'm very proud of. See, I think... you, don't, you don't come across as we talk this morning, George, is a villain. I was thinking that people are painting you this way and it's a travesty. Yeah, it's not a travesty for me because <laughs> I, I, think, I think when it comes down to it's kind of like when you read a book and there's always a hero and a villain. And ironically, I was also the key villain on, you know, that themed season of Survivor. <laughs> um, but, like, I'm, I'm kind of like the Disney villain. I'm the person that you're not upset if they win, but if they lose, it might bring you a bit of joy because one of the other characters win. And then... Um, part of the key in kind of like television, it, it does need to have a story. And then the benefit for me is it's me, my life experience growing up in Western Sydney um, and my personality, that's the story. And people find that entertaining and um, long may it continue as far as I'm concerned. All right, George, you and your sister got to be part of the amazing race. Uh, you all got dumped in India, 11 couples, uh, seven remaining. Um, what was it like to trip through Asia as part of the Amazing Race? Well, I've always wanted to um, go to a country like India because it's such a fascinating country. And I think what the Amazing Race does, it puts you in a like a pressure cooker situation where you've got 12 hours of extreme stress and you had extreme heat in India. And it, um, India is a very kind of like complex country with extreme wealth and extreme poverty. Um, and, you know, sometimes... Um, like those conditions were very confronting, particularly for my sister Pam, who um, is a hairdresser in Bankstown and hasn't really <laughs> travelled to those parts of the world. So um, to to be there was um, great to embrace the local cultures, um, but we had a mission and that was to not be last in the legs of the race. And to come out of India still in the race was a real kind of positive experience from a game perspective. But from like a personal perspective, I'm so grateful to have seen such a fantastic country. Now, George, I've got to ask, um, how did Pam find the trip? Because you're no stranger to TV. Pam, on the other hand, how did she find the amazing race? Oh, Pam had the time of her life. I mean, uh, Pam um, lives a suburban life in Western Sydney. And um, in Western Sydney, and then I think this was very kind of typical of Pam's and I's, Pam and I's experience on the race. In Western Sydney, we have less access to government services than other part of Sydney. I don't know what the equivalent is um, in South Australia, if it's more kind of city-centric, but yeah, um, very much with, so. within, the di within the dynamic of broader metropolitan Sydney, all six million people, we have less access to things in Western Sydney where we're from. And that impacts a whole load of quality of life indicators. Mm. And what we, the people of Bankstown and Western Sydney do is we have to fight for things, otherwise we don't get them. And Pam was the epitome of that on The Amazing Race because she wasn't the strongest, she wasn't the fastest, and definitely I wasn't either of those things <laughs> myself. But we constantly fought and we constantly persevered. And our race came down to not finding a clue in a temple in Georgetown, and I'm content with it ending in that way. Did the amazing race change you both? 
I think for me, I had that typical, you know, older brother, younger sister protective relationship. We've got a 90 age gap. Um, but coming out of the race, um, I'm so much closer to Pam and I feel like Pam's not just my younger sister that I have to look out for, but she's my friend. And that is something that you can't manufacture or recreate. And I'm so grateful we had the opportunity to experience that because now um, she's not just my little sister. She's one of my close friends. Now, George, I started the interview by saying that you uh, that you left in Georgetown in Penang. It was it was rather prophetic, but uh, it wasn't all bad because today's your birthday. Yeah, it is. You, it's like it was written in the stars. But um, <laughs> I, if you told me that I'd be booted in Georgetown. And then when it airs, it's my birthday, I would have gone, well, that's not the worst thing to happen, is it? George, what's going to take place next for you? Well, next for me, my book, uh, my first book is coming out. It's called How to Win Friends and Manipulate People. And it'll be entertaining, like all of my TV experiences. And I'll be doing a book tour very soon. And hopefully I can come out to the Limestone, Limestone Coast and out there to Mount Gambia um, on my book tour, but that book will be a window into my mind and hopefully equip people with the tools they need um, to help them in everyday situations whilst they're also entertained by my storytelling. Hey, George. But I've, got a, I've got a good friend that lives in Mount Gambia. Yeah. Um, or she used to live in Mount Gambia. I know a lot of her family do, so I really do need to get out there. What, what's her name? Give a shout-out to the family. It's the McDonald family, and um, if I do come there, please um, can I have the spare bedroom in your house. <laughs> <laughs> hey, George, I think it is a travesty that you have been labelled a... Uh, a a villain in all of your TV appearances. You have been nothing but a delight. It's been great to talk to you. Thanks for being part of the amazing race on our television screens. Thank you for having me. And I really do want to get out there to Mount Gambia. So hopefully you'll see me soon and I can come back on your show.